So I'm on to talk about um, property investment, um, but I'm primarily on to talk about um, why property prices, five reasons why fundamentally why property prices will continue to increase in 2022 and beyond. Um, and this is a summation of what I find right throughout the whole property market and the whole of the UK, um, not just Fife itself. Um, so we're going to cover each subject, each of the five at um, one, one at a time. So the first one is interest rates. Interest rates are an all-time low. And it basically means um, you, you can buy a property, you can finance it quite easily. And what, what interest rates being at an all-time low means that people can finance um, as much as possible at the lowest interest rate possible so it doesn't have a disproportionate amount on their strain on their income. Therefore, they're able to afford a higher price and a higher mortgage and therefore they're able to buy a higher value property. And that's why property prices, because of interest rates being so low, are tending to climb up and up throughout the market. Um, classic example is first-time buyers are now able to afford higher mortgages as a result because the interest rates are low for them and they're also when you think about it as well um, salaries have gone up in the last year around about six or seven percent to take that into account as well inflation's only gone up and we will talk about inflation's only gone up about 4.8 percent so salaries are still keeping pace with inflation and and property prices are keeping way beyond that as well and um, rental values are actually increasing disproportionately as well and we'll talk about that in, in a wee while so that's where I see as the first driver of this. If interest rates go up a quarter percent, if they go up half a percent, if they go up one percent, I don't think it will make that much fundamental difference to the market itself. Um, they will still remain at an all-time low in comparison and proportionately to someone's income, it will be a lot less than the mortgage payments. Let me give you an example. In the 1980s and the 90, early 90s, um, it was around about 50% of somebody's income was their mortgage payment. Today, it's around about 30%. It's almost half of what it was. So if you can survive that in the 1980s and the 1990s, it almost double the amount of your mortgage payment. There's a huge leeway to go in terms of um, the mortgage as opposed to the price and the value of the property. Um, so interest rates is my first port of call. The next one I think we'll look at is, this has got to be a biggie. This is supply issues. Uh, so what I mean by supply issues? Well, we're literally not building enough and we are never going to catch up. Let me explain. Uh, in Scotland, it is deemed that we need to build 25,000 houses a year to keep up with demand. Okay. Now, in 2018, we only built 17,500. So we're immediately short 7,500. In 2019, we built 21,000. We're immediately short 4,000. In 2020, we built 22,000. So we're short 3,000. So that's three and four, seven and seven and a half. That's 15 already. Okay. The government has committed to building 100,000 houses more affordable in the next 10 years. But we've still got to catch up with what we've lost out on already. And even before 2018, we were building a lot less houses. So we weren't even keeping up with the 25,000 we're meant to keep up with in the first place. So we've still got that huge backlog. It's like the dentist or the doctors or the hospitals just now. But all this backlog with patients because they've not been able to do anything. That is not going to go anywhere. That is still there. 
people still need to have to be seen. But we don't have the resources in place in order to do that. And likewise, we don't have the houses in place in order to fill them with people. So we simply don't have them. The people are there, but the houses aren't there to fill them in. So the demand is always going to be there. And I'll talk about one thing else coming up in a minute, um, which is actually quite an important subject as well, which contributes towards that. Out of the 100,000 houses that the government's going to be building, 70% um, are going to be for social rent. But listen what social rent is. Mid-market rent. So effectively, it's the same price as a private landlord or more or less charge as well. So 70% of these houses will be social houses. That will probably be, in so that'll be housing associations that are contributing toward that. And they are in mid-market rents. They're not going for council house rents. They're mid-market rents. So that's it. So that's coming as well. So people are still going to have to pay through the nose for that. Um, rents are up 32.8% in Fife in the last 10 years. We are the third in the whole of Scotland, the third most increased in the whole of Scotland in the last 10 years. The cumulative effect of inflation is 25% over the last 10 years. So effectively, rents have gone up by, in real terms, by 7.8%. That's the difference between the 25 and the 32.8. So they've gone up 7.8% in the last, in real terms, in the last 10 years, rents. So rents continue to go up as well. And that fuels the market as well. Okay. So the next one we want to talk about, which contributes to this, is net migration. You can find this information out for yourself, but net migration is the amount of people coming into the country versus the amount of, uh, legally, by the way. This is not illegally, so nobody get on their high horse <laughs> and have a go at this. This is legally. This is people coming to, coming to work here because they've got skills and we've got a shortage of skills. So we need these people to work here and contribute towards the economy. So that's net migration. That's what that is. So migrate in and people emigrate out. So we go to Spain, for example, and live in Spain for the rest of our lives. People come from other countries and they come and live in here and work in Scotland. The net migration every single year, in other words, one minus the other, means that the Scottish migration figure is going up 20,000 every year. Now, if two of these people need to live in a house together, we'll assume that, that two people may come along, or maybe even three people, if it's three people, you still need another 6,000 or 7,000 houses a year to accommodate that. If it's two people, you still need another 10,000 houses a year to accommodate that. And that's over and above the 25,000 that we're trying to get the now. So we're not getting the 25,000, and we've not even got the chance of getting the 10,000 over and above that to take into account the net migration. That's why supply of property will continue to be restricted. That's why property prices will continue to go up because people need these houses and it'll keep going up and up and up as a result of that. So, and the next one in here is inflation. Biggie, definite biggie. More money has been printed than ever before in the system, lifting pricing and more money will be needed to invest in homes and property from buyers and that will push up prices because more money has been printed and pumped into the system. If you pump trillions of pounds or billions of pounds into the system, 
it puts new money into the system. Therefore, there's an oversupply of money. Therefore, it has to go somewhere. Somebody has to get it and it gets spent and invested somewhere. Therefore, it puts pressure on existing resources as a result because they're all geared up to the money supply. It's there just now. So if more money comes in, prices go up. That's what's causing inflation, supply and demand, economics um, at a micro level, really. Um, so economics at a micro level suggests that the money money being pumped into the system is causing an inflationary problem, and that's pushing up inflation. But it's also pushing up house prices as well because there's more money supply in the system. Therefore, more people are prepared to pay more money for their properties and also in investment properties as well. And they're, they're, they're getting nothing in the bank, remember? So if inflation is eroding away their income, they need to invest in something which will actually protect their income. So you've got things like gold, you've got things like silver, you've got things like, uh, well, cryptocurrency is really gambling. Um, but the problem, and you've got the stock market as well, but the problem, and gilts and bonds, and, but the problem with these things is they don't give a good enough return. Whereas property is probably one of the best performing asset classes, and it actually pays you in rent while the price of the property goes up in value. It's probably one of the only systems that actually pays you to wait for it to increase in value. Now, property is a long-term investment, so you have a lot of people now coming into the property market to invest. Now, we do need these money, the, these, these properties to rent because the government is not being able to keep up with the supply of houses for the people that need them. And I mean the people that need them, it's the people that actually cannot buy anyway. So therefore, they need what, what would have been a council house. So they need something with an affordable rent and they need somewhere to, to live in in order to keep a roof over their head. Um, because you can't just stop growing up. You can't tell your family to stop growing up. You can't tell anybody else to stop growing up. There is a need over a period of time as people grow up over all this time. So that's why inflationary pressure will keep going up. Now, when you think about as well as the supply of money, it's four and a half times now you're getting from the bank is what you used to get, which was in the 1980s and 1990s, you used to only get three to three and a half times. So the, even the banks are allowing you to have more money um, than you had before to buy property. Therefore, that's fueling the market as well. Um, more people are working within a household as well, and they club together to buy a property. Therefore, they're paying more prices, more higher prices for that. Um, and that's where inflation comes in as a result of that. So most people, some people are actually investing in property as a hedge against inflation. My final one is definitely the demand for yield. Interest rates are so at so low a level. Uh, there's absolutely no return in the bank. You're lucky if you get 0.001%. Maybe if you get that, actually, people might actually say you're lucky. Um, so that's effectively where we are with interest rates just now. So low that people are putting their money into, into work for them, into property. Um, and that's what's happening in the market now. Nothing is really paying a yield except property. Um, gold doesn't pay a yield. Silver doesn't pay a yield. Bitcoin doesn't pay any money while you're sitting waiting on it going up. Uh, shares, yeah, you get dividends in that. But would you be? Would you like to know that in the FTSE, uh, the FTSE over over the the whole of the FTSE 100, it's only paid out a yield of 4.1 percent this year. Now, property pays a lot more than 4.1 percent net. And that's why people are tending to invest in property as opposed to actually investing in the stock market. Uh, but the, also the other volatile thing about the stock market is 
only 10 of these firms out of the 100 are the majority uh, contribute towards the dividends that that 4.1% yield. So it's actually quite volatile and quite risky because if these 10 organisations actually can't pay a dividend, that yield drops dramatically if you've got a tracker tracking the FTSE or tracking the index. Uh, if you want more information about that, please feel free to message me on here. If you want an uh, instant valuation, you know, it's on that it's on that um, post as well. You can get an instant valuation at your home as well. If you want to ask more, um, please, again, as I said, feel free to message me on this post and I can come back to you. Uh, and until next time, guys, I'm Jim Parker for Five Properties TV.